Tienes mucho en tus manos. Pero con solo mover un dedo puedes dar marcha atrás con Pro Trailer Backup Assist disponible. Presentamos la nueva Ford F-150 2024. Ya sea que estés trabajando al máximo o divirtiéndote al máximo. Esta camioneta te respalda porque está hecha para ser una parte indispensable de tu equipo. Fuerza así de inteligente solo puede ser F-150. Construida con orgullo Ford. Fuerza Ford. Aloha mamá. Sorry por responder hasta ahora. Estuve toda la tarde con mi unidad arreglando un helicóptero Black Hawk. Hawái es increíble. Luego te cuento más. Te quiero. Be all you can be. Visitando goarmy.com diagonal español. My name is Ambra Gutierrez, and I was sexually assaulted. I felt like I was going crazy. No one believed me, and people pointed at me. I couldn't believe this was happening. I was forced into exile, and it forever changed my life. But now I'm back, and stronger than ever. I know I did the right thing, and now I feel safe. I also know that I'm not the only one, and there are more stories that need to be told. I'm ready to help others speak out, to share their experiences, and help them feel empowered. They need to know they're not alone. I invite you to be part of this movement in our words. With me, your host, Ambra Gutierrez. Subscribe, share, and help us speak out. Hi guys, here another episode of In Our Words. Here's talking Amber Gutierrez, your host. And uh, let's welcome today's guest, my fellow Italian Vinny Guadagnino. You might remember him as one of the main personality of the MTV series Jersey Shore. Besides being an amazing star and a successful actor, Vinny today will open up to us and speaks about his problem with anxiety and panic attacks. I'm sure a lot of our listeners deal with this or have dealt with this at some point of their lives. And as you know, in our words, bring stories that affect all of us and try to find a way to help others with speaking out. Welcome, Vinny. Thank you so Hi. much for being here and accepting my invitation. My I'm so pleased to have you and to speak about this matter that... Um, a lot of people try to not um, get out and not speak out because it's very hard to uh, share their weakness. And uh, But you're doing it for helping others, and it is amazing. Yeah, and I will say to start off that um, you were probably one of the first people to interview me that pronounced my last name correctly because <laughs> you're Italian because yeah. they don't understand how to say Guadagnino. Yeah, Guadagnino. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, thank you. I um I've been in a weird way I just led through a path in life of being on TV and everything that I was able to share my experiences um you know I'm on a reality TV so it's really me you know it's what people see so it's not like um I'm an actor on a movie and then I have my secret life like what well, people I'm an open book you know so through my show and through other things I've been able to talk about um this part of my life, which is not a huge part, but just a small part of my life that, um, and then it just started helping a lot of people. So, yeah, let, let's, let's try to start in, in, in speaking about this, but first I wanted to like get back into, um, a little bit of the story of your character, like, uh, what made you, uh, get into Jersey Shore? What made you decide to, to start in this? Um, so I was actually, I was in college, I was 21 years old, um, 
Do you guys say college in Italy or university? Uh, Università, oh, yeah. Okay. University. That's, yeah, I was doing that. And um, I actually was a political science major and I was going to go to law school. I wanted to be get into politics, but I also always had this... Um, this uh, desire for the entertainment industry. Like I always was in a school play. I was always acting when I was a kid. Like I always wanted to be on a stage, you know? So right as soon as I got out of college, I started um, doing auditions and I started to just do whatever I can, you know, to try to be famous, honestly. And one of the things that um, my friend sent me was an audition for this show about the Jersey Shore, which is, um, it's a it's a place where in New York people vacation, they, where they go to party, where they go to have fun, sort of like the Hamptons or, you know, whatever. It's just a beach area. A lot of different places have them where you go. So that was somewhere where I went anyway. And um, I was like, all right, I'll fill it out. Who cares? Like, I'll be famous and people are going to see me and I'm going to be on camera and all the girls are going to like me. You know, I was 21. <laughs> I couldn't wait, you know, so I did it. Didn't think I was going to get it, you know. And then like seven months later, the producer called me and they were like, we really liked your tape. I want you to come in for an uh, um, application. I want you to come in videotape or whatever. So I did that. And then next thing you know, I was on the show. So it was like I was 21. I wanted to be on TV. And then like the one of the first things I tried to do, I got on TV. Mm -hmm. And then my life took off from then because it became like the biggest reality show in the world. You know, it was like not just any reality show. It was like a phenomenon. And what did you do on the tape? Uh, <laughs> do you have to ask? No. Um, <laughs> well, my first, the application, I, so like the culture of, the Jersey Shore was um, these really like, they're called guidos over here, right? It's like embarrassing to a real Italian, <laughs> but it's like these big muscle people that um, they're tan and they, they do go to the gym and they have spiky hair and all that stuff. So that's what the application was looking for. But when I filled out mine, I said, I don't look like that. I said, but, you know, I go to the Jersey Shore, I'm Italian. I think that you guys need to have someone that looks more like me because that's not really, that's a little part of it, but there's also people that look like me and they like that. They like that I was different from everyone, that I wasn't big muscles and I'm real Italian. They liked that I was close to my family, that I was going to school. So they needed like the smart Guido to, get, to <laughs> the be on the show. Guido. The smart pale Guido. <laughs> skinny guido and that's what i was and they like that because there's like diversity in the cast um but then when i did the actual tape i was really stupid i was drunk i was dancing i'm good on camera like if you put the i'm really shy but then when you put the camera in front of me i kind of come to life a real actor so uh, <laughs> yeah so it was enough to get their attention and then um little by little i don't know how they what goes through their mind when they're casting who how they make the final decision but you know they made they got eight of us out of who knows thousands of people so and yeah you started this um this uh this show and then it goes on and it's super followed and it's super um like funny and everything and then you decide to leave for a while mm -hmm. right can you explain something what happened yeah so <clears throat> when it was like 
so just overall for people that don't know um the jersey shore was on for six seasons eight uh in 2000 and I'm gonna get confused. Like 2009 to 2013, or something like that. It was on for six seasons, and then it took like years off, and then just came back now. So now we're doing like an older version reunion, a reunion, uh, those type of seasons. So this is going way back to season five, yeah, five of the show. And um, when I was on the show, um my anxiety started to really manifest um, really badly in season five. I've always had it, but season five was the worst one. We had actually, we filmed in Italy season four, and we went for like two months straight. Um, And I can get into the details of why it's an anxious place to be in, but we were there for two months straight, and then we landed, and then they told us at the last minute that we were going to go film another season right away with no breaks. Wow. So as soon as I landed, we went back to, we went to New Jersey to film and, um, I hadn't slept in days, but it felt like months because on that show, when you're doing that, you don't sleep. Um, I had been drinking a lot. I was in just, and again, we can get it more into this, but I was in this like very bad, spiral and cycle in my head of anxiety and it just got too much for me and I was like damn I was like I'm on this show right now I have all these cameras in front of me and I can't believe I'm going through this you know and I tried my hardest to stick it out like for a couple days and whatever and then I eventually felt that I got to a breaking point of this is not worth my health anymore because if I don't have my my mind I don't care how much money or fame you're giving me so I had to come out with it because I didn't, I I was in a position of like, because I always hit it, right? So I was in a position of like, you know, do I just walk out the door or do I give a reason why, you know, and tell people the truth? So I did. I told the people um, that I was suffering, you know, from anxiety. No one understood. No one around me understood what I was talking about. Um, And, uh, and then I made the decision and with the producers and everything and I went and I left and I thought that that was going to be it. I, I walked away from the entire thing at that point. But in reality, it was just one week. And then I got home, got myself together and um, and I eventually stuck it out. And the rest of it was still a nightmare. I still did it. I just wanted to finish it, though. So I went back and I finished it. And then here I am still on the show. <laughs> yeah, sometimes so just you just need to rest a little bit, your mind especially, you know, yeah. get like into workout, follow some like healthy routine, massages maybe, that's mm-hmm. something that helped me so much. <laughs> yeah, no, and then right. get back to, to work. I mean, it was more than like a lot of people think that and they say sometimes you just need to like recharge or recharge your batteries. It's much more complicated, you know, for people that are dealing with like depression and anxiety and stuff. But that week was enough just to kind of give me a little bit of a reset just to go back and to finish it, you know? Um, and then I've come a long way since then at that point, you know? And then after that, um, I had, it was just cool. It was cool to like get off my shoulders because I had publicly said it and a lot of people related to it and I was able to write my book about it and, um, you know, just be able to start helping other people from just coming out with it at that time. And I think that a lot of things in life happen for a reason. And um, I feel that, you know, 
maybe I was supposed to have anxiety on this reality show that was about partying and getting with, you know, having a summer house and having fun, you know what I mean? But it captured that real part of my life and still to this day, like it, it helps other people, you know? Yeah, so during that moment of recovering, you decided to write a book and there is uh, the story of what happened that period or there is a sort of like guideline of how to get back in your feet and try to deal with anxiety and stress. And It's a little bit of both. It was definitely, I give the backstory about how this has affected me since I'm a child um, at different parts of my life. And then um, what I did was like over the years, I've just become an expert on it because I've like, number one, have to deal with it myself um and number two i just started just doing a ton of research just i read a million books i um you know i practiced different things like meditation i attended different people's seminars and speeches all these things that i did like trying to be knowledgeable about it because knowledge is power to a degree so with that i said let me make a book that people in my generation can understand with the things that I'm learning. So I learned from all these like, you know, because I was in, I was in a college student. I was going to law school. I knew I know how to I'm a good student. I know how to to learn and to read. And, you know, I know how to read. <laughs> um, but like I knew how to absorb the information from like, you know, these authors and doctors and Buddhists and monks and stuff and put them in like a in the words of a young kid that like, you know, other young kids might want to read. Because if you tell a young kid with anxiety to read a book by uh, Tit Nhat Han, who is a, a Buddhist who writes great books, he might not be interested. But if you tell him to read, you know, Vinny G wrote a book, then he might read it, you know, and, and, that, and that's worked to a degree. So that's kind of the reason why I did it. Yeah, you're a big influencer in, in you know, this this time of, of the era of people that are growing up and trying to, like, understand if they have some problems to 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 fix. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, it's amazing what you're doing because not a lot of people are willing to to give out some some of their secrets and and help and yeah. and try to make things better. What sucks is that it wasn't um, it wasn't at the time really of like Instagram and like social media as much. So, you know, the book, unfortunately, like if you if you go like read the well, it was a New York Times bestseller, which is a great accomplishment. Um, but if you go to like read the reviews, like everyone is like, oh, my God, like this is I'm glad I get to give this to my son or my student, because like I said, it was something that young people can relate to. But I just don't know if it had the the social media reach like we have nowadays, you know, because now it's like six years later and stuff. So, um, but, you know, I, it's still out there. It's for people if they ever want to pick it up. And I hope to like keep on, you know, writing books and doing different things that can help other people, you know. And you said you started to have uh, panic attacks and anxiety since you were a kid. And what were the feeling that you were having? Like how people can recognize if they're having like anxiety or f having a panic attack? Mm -hmm. um, hmm. Well, I guess we can start. We can talk about just what anxiety is in, in general. Um, you know, I think that we all naturally have anxiety in us. It helped us evolve as humans. If you didn't have anxiety... Um, which is pretty much like fear of the future, um, then you wouldn't really be smart enough. You know, if, if for example, if 
we heard a bang in the other room, like a loud noise in the other room right now. And there was a, an animal, like a dog or something. It would just run away, like fight or flight. It would just run. We would think about it. We would say, what is that? You know, try to figure it out. So we, our brain is our best asset also can be a liability, you know, because it makes us think too much sometimes. So I think that we all have a little bit of anxiety in us. It's totally natural. You wouldn't be normal if you didn't have anxiety. But I think that for some people, um, you know, it could just get a little too hard sometimes. Like the anxiety could just like hit a breaking point where, you know, you start to get these feelings of um, of danger and fight. or It's called fight or flight, which is a defense mechanism by the human body to either run or to fight, you know, when you're in times of danger. Like if there's a bear chasing you. So... You know, for someone with an anxiety or a panic attack, like me as a little kid, you could be sitting in school and all of a sudden start to have a rush of adrenaline and your heart starts beating and it's like you feel like you're about to fight or f- or fly or f- or flight would run away and you're just like sitting in class, like, you know what I mean? So You can't release that, that energy that you're feeling. Yeah, it's all test, it's all adrenaline, you know, and that's um that's where the disorder part comes in. It's where you get the... Uh, these rushes of adrenaline when you're just sitting there there's no imminent threat to you there's no danger to you so you know that has happened to me from a young age um you know i remember and when i was a little kid like certain things would set me off like um but also in high school i remember in high school just sitting there in class and all of a sudden just like heart starts beating as fast fast possible the room starts spinning the teacher's voice starts to get like slow motion you know and you just whoa what's going on you know you start to get like really afraid and then it goes away but without knowing what's happening you get scared of what the hell just happened to me you know what i'm saying like not scared of the outside you're scared of yourself like am i going crazy like what is that feeling so that just happened since i'm a little kid throughout my life and again even if it's tiny little parts of your life um, it still kind of stays with you, you know, and then it kind of manifested into bigger episodes. And sometimes like when I was on the show and different times in my life, those events can, ha- can, can last days and sometimes weeks and sometimes months. So where like you're in like a period of, of your life where like you just feel like you're in a constant state of anxiety for like months at a time, which ultimately also leads to depression. So you just, um, have this like black cloud that follows you for a while. Um, so that's kind of what happened. That's the backstory of like, you know, what when I started feeling those things. So being in the, in the entertaining uh, industry, uh, mm. you think it gives you more of this um, situation, like having anxiety and panic attacks than, for example, mm, continued in your um, way of like school and just graduating and maybe getting to being a lawyer and other things? I think that um, if I hadn't done this, um, I think I still would have felt it. I think that in the short term, it would have felt like I was better, like it would have because I would have been doing less. I would have been in my comfort zone. You know, I would have stayed on Staten Island. I would have maybe went on one vacation here and there and, you know, I had my anxiety, but then got to go home to my house, you know, and and stuff. Um, So I think that my being in the entertainment industry, everything I've done 
It had to break me out of my shell to be into the real world and to deal with it through these different um, paths that I've been on. Filming a reality show is literally the worst thing that someone with anxiety can do. It's like they set up a place for someone with anxiety to freak out. <laughs> you know, you have bright lights in your face. You're on camera 24 hours a day. You're wearing a microphone 24 hours a day. You can't read. You can't write. You can't watch TV. There's no internet. There's no contact with the outside world. There's fighting. There's drinking. You're not sleeping. So those aren't really fun for someone that is prone to having anxiety. But like I said, I'm glad that I've I'm going I've gone through those things in life because if I can make my way at it, we were just talking off the air about rock climbing and doing trapeze. So you put yourself in those situations so that, um, you know, you could just live your life. You know what I'm saying? Like you want to you want to live your life. And for some people, I think that you're just going to live your life and have anxiety. I don't think that the solution should be to try not to have anxiety. I think that's one of the worst mistakes you can make. I what what helped me the most was learning that I'm going to live life and sometimes anxiety will just be a part of it. And when I think like that, it frees me from always trying to find a way out of it. Because if you always try to find a way out of it, you're never going to find it. You're just going to be in a struggle the whole time. But when you try to, um, when you just accept that it's a part of your life at some points, uh, you stop getting worried about it. And then in a way, you actually stop getting anxious. <laughs> so that's kind of what the answer is the whole time, you know, is, is accepting it. I know I just like jumped around to different things. but <laughs> <laughs> It's good. And did you got to those uh, answers by yourself or did you ask help to professionals? Did you like ask for help? Um, I think that I have had everything. I've, 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 you know, I've gone to like therapists before. Um, I, like I said, but most of it was my, I found from within myself. Um, now it's so we live in an age with, you know, with the internet, which is obviously not good sometimes, but could be good because there's so many resources at everyone's fingertips of different mechanisms to try to help their anxiety. And a lot of them were from, you know, just, collectively everything I've done over the years just got me to this place, you know, of, of, of having that at my fingertips. So you're saying that like, at least trying to internal, internalize, but um, do something with this energy that you accumulate with the anxiety that you're feeling and trying to do, other, I don't know, like trapeze things or like rock climbing or something that could be like uh, working out um, mm -hmm. every day could help. Oh, yeah. If I mean, I think that like obviously your your mind, your body, and your soul, like it sounds corny, but they're all connected to each other. So um, obviously exercising helps. You're getting out the adrenaline. So, you know, you want to just exercise. It releases indoor, like, you know, the good chemicals in your brain. So exercising is great. You have to also, I eat, I eat right. I, I know the certain foods literally can give somebody, um, and they learn more and more every day, certain foods in your stomach can literally set off different reactions in your brain, you know? So if you have these foods that trigger anxiety or trigger nervousness, 
in your mind and make you have a cloudy mind, then you just should avoid those foods. You know what I mean? Yeah, something weird happened to me as well on on the food side. Like I'm Italian, and you know, like pasta, pizza, mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever. And I grew up eating all of these things. But then, like I don't know, I realized after having different periods of uh, depressions that I was intolerant to gluten, and mm-hmm. gluten gives you those sort of like chemical reaction in your body. And I was suffering Damn. for um, like depression for like different Mm -hmm. times of my life and then when I stopped then I figured that it was also that that Mm -hmm. was like giving a sort of weakness to my body and yeah you should really be trying to learn more about food and what can makes you feel good and can react in into Mm -hmm. feeling better and and go and yeah it's, it's, it's like people have to think of it like an like allergies you know and certain people have different allergies and um, we only think about allergies when it comes to like physical effects in our body. But, you know, you can have allergies that affect your mind, too. You know, that like you said, they can trigger depression and, and different things. Um, and little kids, they're finding it linked to autism and, and certain like mental disorders like that, you know, like AD, AD, ADD and stuff. So everyone, like you said, be mindful of the choices you make. But physical um you know, physical exercise and your your body is a huge part of it. You know, I tell people all the time, like, I don't like when people complain about their anxiety or stuff like that when they're not doing the work for their body. You know what I mean? I'm like, I get it. Like, you feel crappy, but until you get up and you start doing it physically, your mind will follow anywhere that your body goes. So you can... You always have control of your body. In anxiety, you feel like you lose all control, but you don't. You can always get up. You can always move, you know? So you have to sometimes physically pick yourself up, bring the anxiety with you, and do the workout, do the exercise, run on the treadmill, whatever it is, and uh, hopefully your life will get, you know, even just 2% happier, 5% happier, and build and build and build from there, you know? And then feeling that you're not alone, that there are a lot of other people that are going through this, of course, as you're talking about, could lead to open up and have everybody also share their um, their experience and help others as well. And so, yeah, I wanted to ask you again about the book. Like, what is the title of the book and, like, where can we get it if we wanted to, like, read it so that we could maybe gift it to a friend that has the same problem mm-hmm. and try mm-hmm. to help them? Uh, it's called Control the Crazy. Control the Crazy. Um, and then you could just look it up. It's everywhere on Amazon, on um, Apple iBooks, you know, just online. I think they probably still carry it in some Barnes and Nobles and stuff. But, uh, yeah, I mean, now, like you said, we live in a world of you could just get it in two seconds on your phone, you know. <laughs> yeah, right now it would be would have been much better to have like. But, of course, we can still, um, yeah, talk about your book and have people um, find it and read it. And yeah. if something is maybe hold but still useful, of course, it's it's always going to be useful if something good. Mm-hmm. And uh, That's why I like having a book because a book is timeless. Yes. A book will last forever. You can always pick it up and, you know. It's it's always uh, usable, so you know it's it's cool that it just kind of. I'm pretty much done making money from it. I'm not like trying to get rich off of it, but I could always tell people to go check it out, like I did to you. You know what I mean? Just tell you to check it out, and it's always there. It's pretty cool. And did you personally help some of your friends, like um, in 
doing things and pushing them to do things like family, friends, or... I do now. Um, you know, like, you, you, you mean people that need help themselves, like, around you and stuff? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, obviously, like I said, I've kind of become, like, an expert about this. So even on the show... You know, anytime someone was going through any kind of bits of anxiety and stuff, uh, they would come to me. That's why when I had to go home, they were all scared and freaking out because I'm always the one that they came to to talk to. But, um, yeah, I mean, um, you know, I tried my best to, to be there for others. It's actually a part of my book, but also part of just general help um, for yourself is um, being selfless and helping other people. Uh, because if you help other people, then you take the attention off of your own BS, you know, that you're telling yourself. Because a lot of anxiety is just like your own thoughts going crazy in your mind. So if I help you right now, then I'm taking the attention off of the thoughts in my head. And now I am clearing my mind. So the solution to a lot of some of the immediate solutions to getting out of anxiety are just clearing your head. Because it's all thoughts going crazy. That's all it is. It's thoughts. It's negative thoughts that are in a constant cycle in your head. So to find your, you have to find your way out of those by clearing your mind. And there's different ways to clear your mind. There's, like I just said, helping someone else, taking the attention off of you. Um, there's physical elements. There's breathing. Breathing is amazing. Like there's, that's one. Like that's one of the tools that just keeps me throughout my day. If I ever have you know, a bad day, I know that I literally physically know that if I sit there for 10 minutes and take a certain type of deep breath, my mind will start to clear. It's literally a physical um, defense, you know, thing that your brain does. It calms yourself down when you breathe. But there's, you know, there's that, there's thinking about, there's being grateful, you know, you be grateful the things that you have, it starts to clear your mind, a ton of things. That's, those are all the things that I put in my book that I've learned. But my biggest point of all this is um, if you're looking for immediate ways out, it's um, it's creating those like that space in your mind while all those thoughts are, you know, being your worst enemy at that time. Yeah, the main thing that I was thinking every time like I went through depression, it was like feeling useless. And that feeling of uselessness um, led me to then uh, understand that helping others, it would have helped me. So... Yeah, overcome every time those sort of feelings when I started to be useful for uh, others. Mm -hmm. And so also that's why right now I'm here. Uh, but now, but you said that, and it's going to get really deep, but you said you feel useless. So your voice in your head, your thoughts, well, you would have a thought that say you're useless, you know? So if you eliminate, if you try to eliminate that voice in your head, from telling you that, then you won't get the sad reaction in your body. So that's what happened to me. I would get these thoughts and um, they would create an emotional response in my body. So, you know, I'd have a, a thought that pops into my head. And then, like I said, through meditation, through um, simple breathing, stuff like that, I would learn to not to, to try to... Um, Put those thoughts to the side, you know, and clear my mind. And when you clear your mind, then you start to clear the, the negative reactions in your body. Sorry, I just got deep. Yeah, but, yeah, you know, no, it's, it's, it's useful. So yeah. I, it's good to hear it. It's, mm -hmm. it's good to understand. 
And uh, yeah, well, then I got to the conclusion of, of uh, yeah, understanding that and tried to do as much as I could to to help whoever was in need. And it started from uh, when I got to the Philippines because I moved to live there for a while. And I saw so many other people that really needed just um, normal um, things as having a home or having food mm-hmm. or, you know, that we don't really appreciate because we think it's something normal that we're going to eat three times a day and having a roof on the, <laughs> like over our um, head. So mm-hmm. that made me realize how lucky I was and that I was um, here for doing something and I could have because I did yeah. and everybody can. Like also right now going, walking on the street, like you can find a homeless person and just, you know, buy them food. That's something I do because... Some of those people are probably happier than us though. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> because their, but... mind, their mind is clear, you know. <laughs> I know, I'm, I know, I get your point. I'm just saying, um, you know, happiness is, it's all like a state of mind. It's, it's again, it's just what's going on in your brain, you know. And I tell people like... That's why you see a lot of celebrities that have these issues that, you know, overdose on drugs or commit suicide, you know, and um, because your mind, it doesn't matter what's happening in your material world, you know, around you, it's about what's happening within you. And um, again, if you let these thoughts become the best of you and, um, you know, it could really it can it doesn't matter what what else is going on outside of you, you know? yeah something i do when i wake up is mm, not praying mm-hmm. but um it's about saying thanks for having my mom mm-hmm. thanks for Thank having yeah. my brother uh, thanks for having them healthy and happy mm-hmm. and so that gives me energy to do whatever because yeah. it's like you know the most important things in my life so gratitude gratitude for what you have and and then just get out there and and try to do your best. Yep, that's like some suggestion. I did that before I go to sleep. Actually, it helps me go to sleep. I'm like ah, you know, because I'm thankful for all the positive things that are happening. Thank you very much for whatever we spoke about and for being open. Because of course, like it, it's a very hard thing to do in in mm-hmm. this topic. So, well, thank you uh, so much for accepting the invitation. And if you want to, like, invite the audience to your socials, maybe to reach out and ask you something about this. And, um, yeah. Um, Yeah, so everyone can just follow me on my name, Vinny Guadagnino. Um, I'm not going to spell it or anything. Just type it in. I should be the first person that comes up that has Vinny Guadagnino as the name on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and all that. Yeah, you have a last advice on on everything? Um, yeah, I mean, I think that we we touched on it a little bit, but what's helped me the most is obviously you can you can do a lot of things in life like um that are going to help you in the moment, like yoga and meditation and going to the gym and whatever, like reading books. But ultimately, my biggest message that helps me the most is to not try to be perfect because when you try to be perfect, you'll always be chasing a solution to this problem. And by always chasing a solution, you'll feel that you're never good enough. You'll feel it'll prevent you from living your life. You'll be like, oh, you know, I can't do that. I can only do that. I can only go to that place when my anxiety is gone, you know. But the truth is you're never going to be perfect. So 
accept what you have. Everyone's life is different. Some people are born with different illnesses and whatever. And if you have um, anxiety or depression or anything, uh, you can still live your life. Just kind of um, accept it, bring it with you, and just realize that nothing in life is perfect. You're never going to have a perfect day. And that will really free you. And you could just go out and conquer the world. And sometimes it's not going to be a pleasant, so you're going to be bad days and good days. But ultimately, um, because you're living your life, it'll be a more positive uh, experience for you in the long run of just, you know, living your life. Those are beautiful words. Uh, so to our audience, uh, the last thing, if you wanted to share your experience, your thoughts or anything like Vinny did today, there is uh, an email you can reach out to and uh, in our words at univision.net. And I'll be reading and answering and hopefully having you here as well with me and talking about whatever you want. Thank you and goodbye. Aloha, mama. ¿Dónde andas? <ríe> Seguro de compras. Tengo mucho que contarte. Hawái es increíble. He estado de un lado a otro comunidad. Todos son súper talentosos. Ya reparamos otro helicóptero Blackhawk y oficialmente formamos nuestro equipo de fútbol. Para la próxima, te cuento cómo voy con el surf y me cuentas qué te pareció el podcast que te compartí. ¿Ok? Te quiero mucho. Be all you can be. Visitando goarmy.com diagonal español. Boost Mobile tiene una gran oferta para que aproveches tu reembolso de impuestos al máximo y te mantengas conectado. Al cambiarte a Boost, recibe un 50% de descuento en tu primer mes de datos ilimitados. O, con un plan ilimitado de 40 dólares, llévate un Samsung Galaxy A15 5G por $39.99. Obtén los mejores teléfonos en las redes 5G más grandes del país. Con Boost Mobile, cambiarse es fácil. Solo visita BoostMobile.com. Boost Mobile, sin miedo al éxito. Para clientes nuevos y solamente en línea, requiere Arupay. 50% de descuento en el primer mes requiere un plan de $25 al mes. Aplican otras restricciones. Visita BoostMobile.com para detalles.